Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck O'Noctane. I have a confession to make to you all today. I am a hypocrite. I am powerless over hypocrisy and my life has become unmanageable, but a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. I have decided to turn my will and my life over to the power of critical thinking. The elongated 2020 elections reminded me how much I despise the two major parties in our country. The biggest reason I despise the two parties is that it seems to me that their only major area of agreement is receiving donations from the wealthiest of Americans and then protecting those wealthy Americans' interests. Neither the Republicans nor the Democrats really give a crap about the majority of the American public. If you don't believe me, look at the Princeton University study that correlated public policy with the opinions of the elite. That study has been disputed by some sources, so another big indicator I think needs to be taken into account is the wealth gap, which continues to increase in this country with neither party intervening. If the limited interests of the Democratic and Republican parties aren't enough to cause disdain, then how about the pervasive hypocritical stances both parties take on a variety of issues? And how about the money they spend to use fear to brainwash large portions of the public into believing that these issues are connected to the party's essence, whether it be small government or human rights? Ammon Bundy, you really got to love our local political right-wing extremists because he was recently criticized for his support of Black Lives Matter and defund the police. I need to clarify that he supports Black Lives Matter, because if I were to say he supports BLM, you may confuse the acronym with the Bureau of Land Management, against whom Ammon Bundy took up arms in Nevada in 2014. So, he supports BLM, but not BLM. Anyway, Ammon supporters were angry with him for supporting Black Lives Matter and defund the police because they felt like these were liberal issues. Ammon clarified that he hasn't changed his mind that any form of authority is a bad thing. He told his supporters that there is something wrong in their heads if they believe in a minimal government, but then stand against a movement like defund the police. Whatever you think or however you feel about Ammon Bundy, at least he is consistent. Government equals bad. No exceptions. When you think about it, more conservatives should be in favor of defunding the police. I talk about how much money is spent on policing in Ada County in episode 86 of this podcast, and to me, it appears wasteful. Aren't Republicans in favor of shrinking government? Why are social services more upsetting than armed guards? Why are you so concerned about your Second Amendment rights if you already have police in place that you trust to protect you? The Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. To me, that statement implies that citizens have the right to keep weapons in order to protect themselves from a tyrannical government. If you're worried about a government subduing its population, wouldn't a large police and military force be needed? Wouldn't your guns be more helpful with a smaller police and military presence? And don't you already have the guns in your home to defend yourself, thus making a police force unnecessary? I'm not saying that the Second Amendment is a bad thing or that police are unnecessary. I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy of feeling the need to defend yourself and feeling the need for an excessively large and expensive police and military force. If you're well-armed enough to defend your own property, then the reason you would want a police force is simply to harass people you don't like or those people you disagree with. That's the only logical conclusion I can come to. Feel free to message me if there's something that you see that I'm missing in what I perceive as a hypocritical standpoint. I've got a lot more. Get ready. Now, 
Democrats that support the defund the police movement. You aren't off the hook. What is the purpose of wanting the police to fund it? There are so many other areas of government that are extremely wasteful and probably unnecessary. Just visit a local government building and do a quick survey of whose job is real and whose job is filing paperwork that doesn't need to exist in the first place. Yes, I know that these government desk jockeys don't shoot anyone, and they may not be contributing as much to inequality. But if you feel defunding the police will bring about social equality, then what about defunding the public schools? I talked about defunding the public schools on Treasure Valley Podcast episode 94, and I had a lot of visceral reaction from progressives about my idea of taking an extremely wasteful education system and putting the funds in the hands of the family. Some of these angry people are in support of defunding the police. Our education system has been breeding inequality for a long time. If we need to start from scratch when it comes to policing, I think it's just as important, if not more important, that we scrap our educational system and rebuild that from the ground up as well. I don't see how you can tease the two into separate issues if the bedrock layer of both systems leads to unequal outcomes. I understand that a teacher in a poorly funded school district doesn't shoot anyone necessarily, but I would argue that poor educational opportunities lead to economic ramifications that cause certain neighborhoods to be more heavily policed. The other conservative liberal Republican Democrat hypocrisy that I take an enormous issue with is mask mandates. Let me pick on the Democrats first. Should a business be allowed to require its customers to wear masks on the premises? Further, if that customer refuses to wear a mask, can that business deny service and expel a customer from their property? I'm assuming most Democrats will answer yes to that question. Well, what about the issue of gay wedding cakes? If you remember a few years back, there was a case brought to the Oregon Court of Appeals by a gay couple suing a bakery for not making them a gay wedding cake. So is it okay for a business to discriminate against homosexuals in this way? What's the difference between requiring a mask and requiring heterosexual cake decorations? Well, there's the obvious example of public health versus sexual orientation discrimination, but wouldn't it just be easier if we let businesses serve whom they want? Wouldn't you rather know that a bakery is homophobic so you don't accidentally support them? Won't the social media woke environment run these businesses into the ground anyway? Why do we need to spend public funds on this cake disagreement? Republicans, if you feel that a Christian business is free to discriminate against homosexuals because of religious beliefs, then what the hell is the difference between that and Walmart telling you to get your maskless face out of their store? You may be thinking, the bakery and I have religious beliefs that tell us gays and masks are sins, and the U.S. Constitution needs to protect my religious freedom. Well, where do you draw the line on religious freedom? Do you allow it to negatively affect the well-being of others? If you claim to be a Christian biblical literalist, then are you allowed to rape an unwed woman and then pay the woman's father to marry her? Because according to Deuteronomy... If a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her and they are discovered, he shall pay her father 50 shekels of silver. He must marry the young woman for he has violated her. He can never divorce her for as long as he lives. Talk about a life sentence. FYI, out of curiosity, I looked up the conversion. A shekel was about 17 grams of silver. So 50 shekels of silver is about 860 bucks in today's U.S. dollars. So, should our system impose these types of fines and allow this activity between biblical literalists? Should we bring back stoning? I remember that popping up a lot in the Bible. Let's keep talking about marriage. If you're a Republican that wants to reduce government, when you previously saw Republicans fighting to keep the definition of marriage between a man and a woman, shouldn't you have been thinking, why is the government involved in marriage anyway? Shouldn't it be something I do at my church? 
Instead of carrying my torch and pitchfork to the front yard of any house I find with a rainbow flag, maybe we should get rid of laws and tax codes that incentivize marriage and put the agreement back in the hands of my church. Oh, wait, I don't want to change the deductions I get from being married to a spouse that makes less than I do. Ugh. Let's grab that pitchfork and see if I can get enough people together to force my moral stance on everyone. But one of my favorite hypocrisies of the Democratic Party has to do with health care. So you want to provide medical care universally. But what is the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare? When presented with Obamacare, why wouldn't you say, wait a second, why are we taking what should be a public service and forcing our citizens to put their wages into large companies' profit margins for something we believe should be a human right? Didn't Mitt Romney, the famous Republican, come up with this idea first when he was the governor of Massachusetts? Shouldn't that make me suspect that this idea may be a ploy? Nah, it's a step in the right direction. Let's start with giving giant companies billions of our dollars. Later on, they won't complain when we pass universal health care. And then there are the free speech hypocrisies. Remember net neutrality? Remember when Republicans were in favor of cable companies controlling the information being sent on their infrastructure and Democrats fought to keep the internet neutral? Why the hell did those stances suddenly become reversed when Twitter began censoring Trump's tweets? How is Twitter different than Comcast or Cable One? How can you say that we need to force a cable company to keep their bandwidth open for all websites, then turn around and be okay with a social media platform dialing down the volume on various voices? You might be saying, well, one is about access and the other is about misinformation. Or you might be saying that one is about a free market and business rights and the other is about free speech. Well, aren't they both about censorship? Are businesses allowed to shut us up? Or is it only our government that isn't allowed to censor citizens? I think that's the dividing issue. At least it should be. What we're getting now is, I don't want that company to censor the thing I like, but it's okay if they censor the thing I don't like. And how about recreational drugs? If individual autonomy and freedom is the stance of the Republicans, then why did Reagan support a war against drugs? Why can't I ingest things that harm myself? A Republican might answer, well, your drug use can cause you to be in danger to those around you. My reply to them might be, then why wouldn't you support a mask mandate? Ironically, the same logic applies exactly in reverse for a lot of Democrats out there. My point is that our political orientation has become more emotional and reactionary and less thoughtful. We're addressing issues on the surface level, ad hoc, rather than trying to get to the root of any problem, which leads to way too many stances that appear to me to be incoherently contradictory. What I think is happening is that people are presented with a news story from a media outlet or social media outlet that qualifies an event as good or bad. Then a large swath of people that agree with that outlet, whether it be Fox News, CNN, Facebook, they then add that thing or idea as good or bad into their own personal canon. But if you think deeper about a lot of these issues, they really don't work well together. Republicans and Democrats should be trading stances like baseball cards so that their platforms can remain consistent. When you think about a political ideology and government in general, it's all about moral consensus. We believe blah, blah, blah. It helps when you have a baseline morality that can be extrapolated sensibly to novel situations. For the record, I do understand nuance and that large changes usually happen as a result of many small changes. But right now, the platforms of our country's political parties look like an etch-a-sketch a toddler got a hold of and just started dialing the knobs left and right willy-nilly. Too much of it doesn't make any sense. So next time you're at a crossroads when you're provided choice A or B, 
Instead of assuming that there are only two routes available, it might be a better idea to turn around and start walking backwards. Because if choices A and B seem a bit fishy, you're probably lost and took a few wrong turns to get to where you are now. That's all I got. Thank you for listening to Treasure Valley Podcast, and thank you for listening to my rant. If you enjoyed it, feel free to share. If you didn't enjoy it, well, you probably didn't make it this far, so I don't have a message for you anyway. Have a good one.